If you like to gamble, I tell you I'm your man. You win some, lose some, it's all the same to me. Hello and welcome to another episode of the official Motorhead podcast, The Motorcast. I am your host, Howard H. Smith. You may know me as lead singer of UK thrash band Acid Rain or from my heavy metal podcast, Talking Bollocks. You'll see my name in the description of this podcast. It's highlighted. That means it's a link. Click on it and it will take you to over 100 interviews I've done with the great and the good of thrash, metal, rock, you name it. But here... Here, I am your host, I am your guide through the world of all things Motorhead. I am here to just wander around this virtual museum of interviews that we've built, pluck one out and play it for you. And the most recent one we've got coming up is coming up very, very soon. But before I get to that, just want to remind you, please subscribe. If you haven't already subscribed... Please do subscribe wherever you're listening to this. You'll see a subscribe button. Click that and we're good. You will get an episode every time it comes out straight into your device. Also, share it with people. Tell people the Motorcast is around. So this week we have the legendary drummer, founder, singer from Warfare, the legendary Evo. Now... He had an album produced by Lemmy. Um, he worked with um, Fast Eddie, a new... Well, do you know what? I'm giving it all away. It's all coming up now. Here's my chat with Evo a few days ago. I don't know if you've heard any of the, the motorcasts, but um, I always start with the same question, uh-huh. which is how did Motorhead first come into your life? Ah, that's a good one. Um, how did Motorhead first come into my life? Uh, 1978, the bomber tour. Um, I just left school. And, um, I was underage. Someone took me to the City Hall of the Mayfair. I don't really remember. Um, and I was just soaked. But they were fantastic. And and that was that was it. Were you just tagging along? Did you want to go and see him? Um, yeah, I was excited because I liked I liked the um, the uproar of punk. Um, it was it was it was full on the punk thing, um, and I did like all the all the glamour stuff as well as Depp and all all that kind of stuff. So when I went, I was only small; I couldn't even shave. I don't think, um, and I I was just just blew my head off completely. It's brilliant. And uh, when that bomber came down, Jesus Christ, with all the sirens, just loved it. Loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I knew I knew then that I wanted to do music full time. It was the, it, it, I, I came I came out of that hall and I was both feet tall. And it made you it it made that big impression on you. Oh, fun! Yeah, yeah, massive impression on me. Yeah, best band in the world, without a doubt. You you end up well, kind of meeting the band, working you know working with them over the years. That must have been incredible. Yeah, very very strange. You talk about destiny. Um, yeah. Yeah, you queue around the, the city hall to see them, and uh, you end up working with them. I mean, the first time that I actually met them was um, they played Newcastle Mayfair on the Estates tour, and I couldn't get in because I was I looked too young. <laughs> which, which looking back, was fantastic, um, fantastic compliment. But I am, um, yeah, I looked too young, so I'm fucking stood outside. I'm like really disappointed. So I thought, me being me, I'm always forward. 
I thought I'll go around the back if anybody's back. And two two of us round the back, and the black door opened. It was fast Eddie. And I says, oh, I said they won't let me in. And I said, I've come from Shield, which is about thirty mile away. And I says I was really excited. Oh fucking hell! Come on, come with me. <laughs> and he he just let me in through the back door. Really? Yeah, yeah. We had a big crack, and he said thank, he said thank you to me for liking the dance watch, and I was over the moon. Yeah. What well, that? And then, yeah, and, that must have been amazing. Yeah, and then then when I actually moved, well, I I played with Major Accident, uh, like a skinhead from punk band, and then joined the Blood. But when I was down in London, I used to go to their office, Greybrae, uh Douglas Smith's office in Great Western Road, and there was a pub on the corner called the I think it was the Grand Canal. And on a Friday afternoon, everybody used to go down there. In fact, Eddie used to go down there for a pint, and I used to talk to him. And um, Lemmy used to call it Bill's Bill, Hank, all, all that lot from, from them days. And I just got friendly with everybody. And that was just that was just like occasional trips down to London. No, I was actually living there then because I went down there to play on the, uh, the Blood album, "Old Gestures for a Devious Public." Uh, that was going to be the next happening thing. Gary Busher was managing us, and uh, there was all sorts of connections. But it all fucking went wrong, as, as it does. Um, <laughs> egos and one thing or another, and uh, they more more or less laughed there. As me, I took the bass player and I said, oh, "Fuck you!" I said, "We're going to leave," and that was on the actual release of, of the album. And there was a thing in sounds all cut up. Um, Evo was going to form warfare, but Evo didn't form warfare. Evo could have rotted in his um, little flat in Croydon, but I thought, no, I'm going to go down so he was about. And I went to the Semirates and uh, met Max Splodge, two pints of lager. <laughs> and he said they were looking for a drummer. I said, who are you playing with? He said, the Angelic Upstart. Um, and then Nancy walked into me like, and Nancy says, let's go for a pint. This, this is strange. This. Let's go for a pint across the ship. And who was in the ship? Lemmy. And Lemmy knew me. They were talking, and I just, I just started to say nothing because I thought, "There's Lem," and blah blah blah. Uh, and then I joined the Angelic Upstart. Right there and then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was from Sunderland, you see the thing. He knew a drum, obviously, um, and he knew the blood, and he knew major accidents. So yeah, he said they were doing a little gig on the Saturday. He was never very rock and roll, and it turned out to be the. Um, well, I went back. I went back to Croydon and I told Olgy Ward, he was my pal, and I says, oh, I've joined the Angelic Upstart. Oh, he says, good on you. Um, and I says, we're playing some shit all in Leeds on, on Saturday, and that's my first gig. And he says, do you realise what you've just said? He said, I've just looked in the sounds. He said, the damn the headliner. And he says, there's 15 punk bands on. It's a festival. <laughs> that would have been the Queen's Hall. just third on the bill. And it was at the fantastic Queen's Hall at Leeds. Yes, I know. And it well. when I got when I got there, uh, I looked in and there was three Trans Am truck and lorries in there unloading the PA system. <laughs> and I thought, oh fuck me, some some shit or <laughs> yeah. So you've got. Uh, I mean, to be fifteen thousand people there. But Mike, to be fair, anyone who's been anyone who went to Leeds Queen's Hall before was knocked down. It, that is a good description. It is a shithole. It's just a, it was just a very big shithole. Yeah, yeah, the water, the water was overflowing from the toilet, and uh, yeah. even backstage it was pretty horrible. Yeah, pretty rancid. Yeah, no, um, I, I know it very well. 
Mm. But going up on that stage made a scaffolding and a blasting them songs out was just fantastic. Made my Christmas. <laughs> um, it, it did, it did. But even then, I saw GBH at the side of the stage. I was stage side, and um, I thought, I need to do something. I don't want to be in the shadows. I want to form my own band. Um, punk, punk was, it was the demise of punk, really. It was the tail end of it. It was, it was getting shitty. Um, and I wanted to create something that no one, no one had created. Yeah. Um, which, which I did successfully, obviously. I kind of roughly know that you've got, you know, demo mixes by Lemmy and, and working with Fast Eddie later in, in your career. That must have been a real buzz. Yeah. Well, what, what happened? I did all them albums in the, in the eighties. Um, and then I retired when I was 30 from the music business completely. I'd done it from being, what, 17. Uh, I was professional for all them years. And um, then I had a hiatus of, what, 27 years? Wow. During that time, I kept getting asked to play on people's albums. Will you produce me? Will you do this? I just said no to everything. And then I was um, speaking to Fast Eddie. I'd, I'd just had a blood blood, blood actually. And I was a bit poorly, obviously, as you would appreciate. And um, Fast Eddie used to phone me all the time and just said, you know, how are you, how are you doing and all the rest. Uh, and I said, I've been offered a record deal. Put Warfare back together. And he said, go for it. I said, you know, I said, I don't, I, said, I can't be bothered to be truthful. I said, it's not that I can't be bothered, but I said, it's just strange because I've not done it for so long. And he said, and he's in, in the, um, the way he talked to me, you fucking can't ever. <laughs> and he says, he says, um, I'll play on the fucker if you do it. Well, that was it. Wow. Um, no, I started writing riffs again. I bet you started feeling better I- immediately, didn't you? It was, yeah, it was, it was nice. It was nice, and uh, I've got a, my engineer's Fred Purser who played in the Tigers, and uh, I didn't know you could do stuff by wav. I'm, I'm a dinosaur. I thought, oh, he's going to have to start come up on the train like the old days. And, yeah. And he says, you fucking, you can't. He says, you just do it studio to studio, and I'm laughing my head up at him. <laughs> uh, and he blasted some, oh, he, he did some fantastic guitar for us, and he played on two tracks for so, and then I've got this brand new album out on Cherry Red, uh, which is a triple album, and I dug out some really rare tracks under some brand new tracks on there. Um, and one of the tracks on the album, obviously, is the one that Pete Way plays on as well. Um, and it's the first time, to my knowledge, well, no, it is the first time that Pete Way and Billy Clark's ever played together on a commercial release. Wow. Because obviously they were going to form Fastway, and then Pete Way fucked up and went with Ozzy Osbourne, didn't he? <laughs> yes, yes. Mm. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And so, how did you so, end, how did you end up working with Lemmy then? Well, obviously, um, I'd done pure films with Old Gene, yeah. and I was at Dingwalls, and that would have been '84. The snow was falling outside, so it would have been December '84. And um, Lemmy was at the bar. All the faces were in there to see Pank. And um, Lemmy was at the bar, so I just went up and tugged on his leather jacket. <laughs> and he turned round, and I just introduced myself. And he says, oh, I said, will you produce my next album for me, please? And he just looked at me. He says, what band are you in? I says, Warfare. Oh, he says, I've heard of Warfare, yeah. He says, you're making waves at the moment, aren't you? 
I believe you're making a fucking noise like I do. And I says, yes, <laughs> yeah, a lot of noise. <laughs> and he says, um, well, mine's a Jack Daniels and Coke, please. <laughs> uh, and, and I bought him a drink. And uh, when I bought him the drink, he turned around and he gave me £20 back. And I says, what's that for? He says, you're struggling. I know what it's like when you first form a band, have it? <laughs> and, I, and I wouldn't take it. And then we just got, we just got chapped. And um, when at the end of the like, little conversation, I, I said, so you're going to produce my next album? Well, he says, I said, don't fucking say no. You I said, I've decided you're going to do it and I want you to do it. Uh, well, he says, get your people to phone my people. I says, well, fuck them. I said, just tell me you're going to do it. <laughs> and he says, look, look. He says, if Douglas, my manager, says it's all right, I'll do it for you. And um, I was like made up, honestly. Yeah. And I went back to Need Records and I said, will you phone Douglas Smith, that's Lemmy's manager? And I said, sort something out. So obviously they talked money. Um, I don't know what he got paid to this day. I'm not, not really, wasn't really interested. Anyway, it was set up. <clears throat> we had to go to Easy Studios in London and start on the Monday. And um, he did, he just did an amazing job and he taught me so much, honest to God. The man was a genius in the studio. Obviously, you would think he would be. But he was telling me, um, you know, on the lyrics and things, like instead of saying and and I, because you don't need to say that, it's self-expression. So instead of said and warfare, you just say warfare. It says you, you, you build it. Um, and if you listen if you listen to the track, um, I don't know what it was, he made me repeat a word 20 times and my throat was bleeding. Um, I can't think of the song. It was either warfare. Oh, the tanks rolling. It's not mad. I, I can't think of it at the moment. But uh, and in the end, I says, "Oh, I think you're taking the piss, Andy." I'm not taking the piss. He says, "It's so angry and raw now. It's out of it, and I'm going to put some effect on it." I said, "Lem, I can't fucking do it anymore." I said, "My throat's bleeding. Ah, just as good. It's good." Um, I said, "I'm going to fucking pub. You've got it there. That's, that's it." And um, when you listen to it now, <clears throat> um. It's death, death, the the death. The I can't remember. It's it's the song called Warfare. It's the second track on Metal Anarchy. Um, <coughs> but um, no, it was fantastic work. But great band, great memories. And how how long was um, how long were you in there? Because I imagine back in the day, you didn't hang around in the studio too long. We only had we had three days to put it down, and then. Went back home for the weekend and the mix for two days. So that was it. He had he had to fuck off on tour. Um, <laughs> right. And the Ramones came. The Ramones came straight after us. We did the first three days, <clears throat> and then the Ramones did two days with the same engineer and with Lemmy produced. And Lemmy produced them. Um, oh, what's that Bonzo song by the Ramones? Uh, but no, I can't. I can't Brain is hanging upside down by the Ramones. Oh, I can't think. <laughs> anyway, he produced that and he produced Warfare the same week. Wow. Uh, he mixed, he produced the Ramones, put it down and mixed them in two days. That's incredible. And then, oh no, that's right. And then, then he sent me the roughs. He sent the, <laughs> just raw through the desk, he sent them up to see whether the levels were all right, they were working for me. And he sent them up in one of them stores, uh, you know, next day packages. Yeah. And he sent it up on cassette, cassette, good old cassette. 
And yeah. then I had to phone back and say, <clears throat> yeah, it's fine. Then I, and then they started without me. But then I got the train down and um, I just sat really and watched them do it. Didn't wanna, I didn't want to, you know, employ a producer and then fuck about, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, but um, no, he had it on really loud. Then we had it on really quiet. Uh, and then we went to somebody's car and played it on the bed. Uh, and he kept saying, if my name's going on, this album's going to be right. <clears throat> and, it, and fuck me, it is right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, and it's, it's... I still think it stands up to day well and truly. Well, that that's and that's the the kind of attitude that kind of go, runs right throughout Motorhead, isn't it? It's it's that. Well, it's integrity. Um, and I remember him saying, "We when when we had to go down and rush, we only had um, <clears throat> one guitar." Well, I think we only had one guitar right through the first four albums, but that's another story. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> he said he could do with a Gibson, and um, he said, "I'll phone my new guitarist." And Wurzel uh, brought up oh, about six guitars down for us. And that was the first time I'd ever met Wurzel. And he plugged the Gibson in, went with the Marshall. And I said, you just take it if you want to take the song. And that's when he played on Metal Anarchy, title track. Right. And that's Wurzel on that, doing all the solo and all the crazy things. Um, and then I became, well, I just became firm friends with him. Um, I used to go, they used to have a house. I remember the house. Ah, yes. And the, the yeah, the four of them lived together. And I went down there a couple of times, then went to Dingwalls. Used, used to go to all them dives down there. Um, but but Lem, Lemmy's then place was the Semaritzin, the Wardour Street. Yeah, I didn't bump into him, but I, my mate bumped into him um, in the Semaritz mm. quite quite regularly because there was a there was yeah. a whole group. There was like and there was there was people from bands. There was journalists and. You know, Kerrang lot used to hang out in there, Malcolm Dome, Phil Wilding, all that lot. Um, mm. And and yeah, Lemmy used to be in there quite a lot. Yeah, it was vibrant. It was yeah. vibrant. Yeah. You, 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 um, everybody went down there. I mean, I went for a drink one night with Phil from, he went on to uh, join LA Guns, Phil Lewis. Oh, yeah. Because um, he was in, he was in Tormer. Uh, Tony Tormer used to be there, girls still used to be there. Um, I was down one night, I can't remember what club it was, I think it was the Intrepid Fox. And uh, Rose had Rose to angry and, and he tried to kick him in, he was having a drink. Yeah. Um, yeah. And well, in the 84 on the Ride the Lightning Tour, I got pissed with James and Lars. Uh, we went on the town, there was old G, me, James and Lars, and I was given, I was given James Hetfield, old Roger, on handful. It was about 9%. That's a strong bear. So, yeah, well, the plan was, you, you, you will laugh at this, this is funny. The plan was, Olgie said, well, if we get them pissed enough, <clears throat> he said, they'll have such a terrible hangover, the next day they'll be shit and tank will blow them off. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, Olgie, I said, that is about the fucking shittiest plan I've ever heard. Said, That's not going to work. We're, we're, all, we're all heavy drinkers. Um, I never got hangovers back in them days, fucking full bore, full on, you know what I mean? Full yeah, on. Yeah, absolutely. And um, anyway, the rest is history. Uh, Tank didn't blow them up. Uh, <laughs> I no. stood. I was. I was quite honoured to stand on the stage and watch Lars. Um, it was like jet end. It was wonderful. Really? Oh, it was amazing because that that uh, fight fire with fire, that double bass run. I thought he's never going to do that. Oh God, watching it was amazing. 
Um, yeah, yeah. So and after that, I didn't, I didn't like anything we did after that. I sort of lost interest after Ride the Light. Did your path cross with Motorhead again, or was it more? Did you become, you know, were you, were you a fan again, or as opposed, or were you, you never stopped being a fan? Even though I knew them personally, then the record company used to send me all the records for nothing. But yeah, once it's in your blood, that racket you can't get rid of it. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, and, no. And then, like I say, I used to always go backstage and um, have a drink with them. Yeah. Or I've, I've, or have something with Wurzel. I mean, Wurzel fell down many times. Um, the only one in Mordred I never met was Filthy. I never ever met Phil at all. That's that's a real shame. You being a drummer as well. Hmm. Yeah. Very very strange. Very strange. And I never met the guy. But, um, no. Um, I, I remember. I think I, the last time I met Lemmy, he um, he had that shake in his hand, didn't he, all the time? Yeah. And. Uh, he poured me a glass of Jack Daniels and he just went on and on and on and on and on. And he said to me, he says, um, do you want um, do you want normal Coke or diet Coke? And I says, why, like? And he says, I'm a diabetic now. The cuts said I've got to drink diet Coke. And he put about an inch of Coke in each one. So there must have been half a pint of fucking Jack Daniels. <laughs> 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 and he says, here, here, here. For all time's sake, and he just fucking downed it. Well, I downed it as well. Well, I was pissed in about five minutes, <laughs> <laughs> and there he is asking his, asking his roadie, hey, God. And he's supposed to be there taking was an, it. Oh, easy. There, was, there was another time as well. I was at Bradford St George's Hall, and I was backstage with him, and I'm sitting talking to him, and uh, <clears throat> he said, "Do you want a drink?" I said, "Oh yes, please. That would be nice." Well, no, sorry, I said. It's the first show I've ever watched. I said, I've not had a drink, Lemmy. Oh, we'll soon put that right. I said, no, 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 you misunderstand me. I said, I didn't mean that. I meant, it's the first time I've watched you without having a few pints. Yeah. Oh, right, I see what you mean now. He said, uh, do you want a drink? I said, yes, please, I will have a drink. And, the, and he shouts at the road, get this, get this boy a drink. And he came back with a bottle of um, Corona or something, not Corona, um, a bottle of half bottle of lager and then he says I said get the fucker a drink not that you cunt <laughs> and then he come with a bottle of Jack Daniels brilliant excellent good laugh all of it's been a, all of it's been a blast really yeah it's, it sounds like you had a blast every time you saw him yeah he was always fine with me yeah yeah he was always, always quite amiable and um, nice with me yeah and um, like I said the uh, I would urge everybody, I know I'm plugging it, to get a songbook of Phil, the new one on Cherry Red. Yeah. But, uh, some of the stuff on there is very, very rare. Quite a few people play on there as well. There's Kronos, Mantus, Lips from Anvil plays on there. Um, Nick Nick Turner from Hawkwind does the, he narrates Brainstorm um, for me at the beginning of the song. There's a Motorhead link through to all of those as well. Yes, because Lips told me that um, him and Rob were asked to um, join Motorhead. Let me actually ask them after the Brian Robinson thing uh, fucked up, and then Phil Filthy left. Um, yeah, he was going to get um, Lemmy um, Anvil as the rhythm section in Motorhead, right. uh, but it, but it never happened, obviously. Yeah. So 
Oh, well. Not having a lot of luck phone wise, are we? Uh, no, it's fucking cursed, to be honest. <laughs> um, don't don't say don't say cursed, maybe that's that's what my friend always goes on about. <clears throat> he said the next album has got to be called The Curse of Warfare. <laughs> oh no no no! It's, it's quite true. Red Purser's studio closed down, and the last the last uh, thing he ever did was Warfare. His heart's bad. The lad who did rhythm guitar got cancer. Fast Eddie Clark died. Peter Weir died. You yeah. think about it, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Dropping like flies. So this, is, this is why the phones aren't working and things. I tell you what. I tell you what. If anyone's lear- if if anyone's learning something from this, it's me. And the and what I'm learning is, don't guest on one of your records. <laughs> don't guest. Oh, that's for sure. Yeah, because it, it could it could it could be fatal. Yeah, I I, I hope a uh, joke from GBH isn't listening because he's playing on playing on the new song. <laughs> well, he won't be if he is this <laughs> first. He'll tell me to fuck off. He's every year. I'm not fucking playing my warfare. No chance. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking um, speaking of playing, did you ever get? Did you ever? Uh, did warfare and motorhead ever share a bill? No, never. Ah, right. <clears throat> never got to jam with them. Only only on studio stuff. But no, no, never. Yeah, that's um, that's a shame. Warfare ne- never ever. Um, did hardly any support. Um, we did them two at the Astoria. Was that Death Angel and Testament? Yeah. Um, that was about it. I can't think of when we did Second on the Bill other than that. Right. Uh, no, no. We are the cause complete anarchy, which we were good at. Um, or we got banned instantly, which we were good at. Um, and then there was the famous Hammersmith thing, which has been documented millions of times. Yes. Um, yeah, but it's uh, it, it's been wild, and, it, and it's wild again. And and sometimes, you know, when people come back, um, it's not good because they've lost the voice, they've lost the anger. I'm ang- more angry now than what, what I was when I was a kid, <clears throat> and my voice is ripping. It's um, if I couldn't do it, I wouldn't do it. You know. Yeah. yeah. No, I, 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 um, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, you know. My band put out uh, our first album for 29 years in 2019, and I was exactly the same. Which is, it, it you know, whatever we release, it, it, it's mm. it's got to be it's got to be as good, if not better, than everything that we've done before, or I'm not interested. Mm. Yeah, are you coming to do the festival that I'm involved in? Um, Dominion, yeah, we're headlining yes. we're headlining the second stage on the Saturday. Saturday, that's right, that's right. Oh, yeah. oh well, well, I've got a, a winner bagel there. I'll be backstage, so you must come and have a drink with me. Oh, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Be lovely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Consider That's mm. a date. I'll see you there, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so, well I've got Sodom to come across from Germany, because um, well, there's another thing on the, on the songbook of Phil uh, Tom Angel Ripper plays for me as well. Well, I had, I, had to- I, had, I had Tom on this podcast talking about Motorhead. Right, well, well, he, he played Fast uh, Eddie Clark and Tom played on the song called Cemetery Z. I did the vocals and drums. I wrote the song as well. And uh, Tom Angel River put the bass down and Fast Eddie Clark did the guitar. And that's that's a nice little ballad, as you can imagine. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. But what, what, a lovely, what a lovely set of musicians to have on a track. Oh, fuck yeah. Can you imagine Sodom Warfare and Motorhead on the same track? 
Yeah, that's pretty... If people haven't heard it, I'm not plugging it uh, for the money. I just want people to fucking hear it. It must get some book of filth. Well, mate, you're doing a great job of plugging it. Don't you worry. Yeah, um, I want to plug it. Yeah. Out on Cherry Red, boys and girls. You go and buy three copies each. <laughs> um, so um, you, you mentioned the last time you saw Lemmy. When was the last time... Um, I mean, it's a, you know, apologies for the depressing question. When was the last time you saw Eddie? Uh, last time I saw Lemmy would have been... Would have been Newcastle or Hammersmith. I don't remember. Um... Oh, you've got me there. Um, it was about three years before he got ill. I never saw him after that. Yeah. And I would have seen him, ironically. Oh, God, no, not the curse of warfare. I had my laminates for the Newcastle show um, at City Hall, which was one of his favourite venues, and he died fortnight before he was due to play there. Oh, no. He, yeah. um, I think they were booked for City Hall. I think it was January the... Was it January the eighth or something? Yeah. Um, what what day did he die? Was it New Year's Day? Um, I honestly can't remember. I've got to be honest. <clears throat> yeah, but it, that, that's what they were doing next. It was between Christmas and New Year, wasn't it? Yeah, and the next gig on the world tour was Newcastle City Hall, right. where it all started. The, cur- so, the curse of war. Yeah, but it, it wasn't to be. Unfortunately, no. But the legacy that's been left. I mean, here we are doing a podcast about Motorhead. You know, mm. years after the band is is gone, and and it's it's, you know. it's it's all incredible that shit. I mean, I mean, Warfare, nineteen eighty four when I when I when I formed Warfare, and we're still selling records in Japan, Germany, Sweden. Yeah, it's all come full circle because. We had pure anger because we had nothing. It was I had everything to rebel against? Everything. Um, I had no money. I lived in a little tourist house, working class parents. Um, I did, you know, five years of grammar school, and I was fucked if I was going to go nine to five after that shit. <laughs> um, and I think I've got away with it now. So. Yeah, just about. Well, look, mate. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I really do. No, you, you're more than you're more than welcome. Everybody listening to this will be chuffed to hear all those stories. So thanks for sharing it and taking the time for all the Motorhead fans as well. No, no, absolutely. Pleasure. Just send me a link when, when you've got it and um, we'll I'll do. have a listen as well. Okay, mate, we will do. Yeah, we'll have a, we'll have a beer at... Uh, in Durham? In, in Dominion, yeah. I'll in see Dominion. you up there. Awesome. See you there, mate. Lovely. You take it easy. Yeah, you too. Cheers, mate. Yeah, bye-bye. 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 Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as I did doing it. And I know I say that every time, and I mean it every time. That was a really good, um, uh, enjoyable chat with Evo, who I haven't seen for many, many years. We've only met once, played together many, many years ago on the same bill with Death Angel in 1988. So there you go. Uh, God, I'm old. Anyway, um We had a little bit of a chat about that. And as you heard, we're going to meet up um, in Durham as well later on this year. So if he remembers any more Motorhead stories, I'll be sure to have my recorder on them and get them there. But big thanks to Evo again. Great stories. um, And it's always great when people share these stories of the boys. You know, it's just great. Uh, And I hope you've enjoyed yet another episode. There is more to come. 
There is loads to get through if you haven't looked at these. Also, if you are listening on Spotify, go to the Motorcast and you will see there are tons of these because a few people have said they've listened to the odd episode on Spotify because Spotify is not a podcast player. Uh, it wasn't throwing up notifications saying there's a new episode. So you kind of got to it whenever Spotify threw it your way. So do bear in mind, if you're a listener on Spotify, go to the Motocast page and there'll be loads possibly that you haven't heard yet. So please do spread the word. And as always, Motocast family, Motorhead family, you are awesome. You are spreading the word. It's absolutely brilliant. I just urge you to continue doing that, please because it is so much fun doing these. Really want to get you as many guests as possible. I know, I know there are people out there that you know are huge Motorhead fans, and you're thinking, why haven't you had them on the Motorcast yet? Don't you worry. Everybody will get on here eventually, okay? If there's somebody saying, I can't believe they've missed that guy. No, we haven't. We just haven't done them yet, for whatever reason. So don't worry, we've got you back. And as always, if you've got any crazy Motorhead fan stories, um, hit me up through the Talking Bollocks social media channels, Twitter, Facebook, um, Instagram. Uh, Let me know your stories and you could end up on a fan episode. Also, if you know anybody who worked with Motorhead, people that we may not know about, then feel free to get in touch about that as well. But most of all, keep listening, keep sharing, Keep telling everybody, and a big thank you from all of us connected with the Motorcast for your support. Until next time, I'll see you on the next episode of the official Motorhead podcast, The Motorcast. I don't show you greed. The only God I need is the Ace of Spades. The Ace of Spades.